0: Welcome to another episode of The Enlisted Podcast. My name is Antonio Talamo. And my name is Casey Coleman. And Mm -hmm. we, once again, have an exciting topic. And this is timely. If you're listening to this, this is released around the Thanksgiving holiday. And it's strategic, right? Uh, Holiday season. Yeah, you want to share what the topic is? Yes. So this week, we will be
1: discussing the top five fictional families you always wanted to be
0: a part of. And the reason why that's so timely, if it's not obvious enough, is Thanksgiving is triggering for some people because they have to be around the table with their racist uncle or <laughs> the loudmouth aunt. Or if you're like me,
1: you have to do tech support where you know you have to like install a printer while you're baking a pie. So, you know, they it's waited a, stress- a whole year for that. Yeah, it's a stressful, stressful time. And so we thought it would be fun to unwind with a fun topic of you know, just talking about TV families, holiday culture, some different things that happen, you know, particularly in the fall, winter time.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, and we're big, we're big TV nerds. We watch a a ton of TV shows and a lot of movies. And this is fictional, of course, but I I imagine that we're going to see, I think what we fall in love with on the big, on the screen, not the big screen, but just regular screen, our our TV family. So I'm wondering, as we uh, unfold our list, how many of, how much TV is going to play a role in in our list. Absolutely. Well, and I think TV,
1: right, it's an escape for everybody. But when you think about TV families, most of them are dysfunctional. So I do want to preface this with it was was hard putting this list together because first of all, there's so many dysfunctional TV families out there, just families in general, right? You know, I think about shows like Shameless where – they're really poor, or like Malcolm in the Middle, Roseanne. You know, Some of those families that I, I've watched or I've come to love that were really dysfunctional. So to think of actual functional families that I want to join on Thanksgiving, I don't know. I had, a, I had a hard time with it, but it was a lot of fun. How about for you, Antonio?
0: No, definitely. And I'm, I'm starting to think now if, if there were any families that I remember were most like my family. And it, it should be no surprise that that family would be everybody loves Raymond because they were I mean, they're an Italian family. You got this overbearing mom figure who tries to argue with the the, the, the daughter-in- law often and just like, yes. the food and the, the sibling rivalry. yeah. so it was that was probably one of the closest things to, to my family. and I mean, and they're far more mild than mine. Did you have any representation for you? Like a family that you always remember like, wow, that's just like mine.
1: Um, That's a great question. I think one of the families I always think of, um, and it might sound bad coming out like this, but uh, Malcolm in the Middle was a family that I remember watching as a kid growing up and kind of resonating with them a little bit. You know, like they did not have a lot of money. I didn't have a lot of money growing up. Mm -hmm. And I just remember, you know, sort of – At times, relating to more so Malcolm, who was sort of the smarter child out of all of these siblings that were kind of, you know, crass and just not the brightest bulbs or just sort of angsty. I'm not saying I grew up in an angsty household, but for me, it was just resonating with a family that, you know, at times you were like embarrassed by them and just wanting to fit in, which was something I so desperately wanted. And so I would say for me, that's the show that sticks out off the top of my head of families that sort of was like, oh, I can attest to that or, oh, I
0: relate to that. Well, that was a wacky family and and Frankie Muniz, obviously, and uh, Brian Cranston, who's an absolute genius. There was just yes. a lot of like dysfunction, but function at the same time, you know? Yeah, you know, they made it
1: work. But you mentioned Brian Cranston, who you talk about dysfunctional families. You got one dysfunctional family in Malcolm in the Middle. And then he went on to go on to Breaking Bad. Another sort of dysfunctional family when you think oh,
0: about it. 100%. And for anybody that knows me, I'm a huge Breaking Bad fan. That, I've watched that at least twice and started it a third time. It's just, it's brilliant. I mean, oh yeah, dysfunctional to the max. I mean, everyone had their pro- issues on Breaking Bad for sure. Yes.
1: I, sat, I know this is controversial, but I tried to get through that show like two or three different times. I got through like maybe two seasons. And I know like all the critics say it's amazing. So maybe someday uh, it'll be on my magical list of shows I'll watch. Uh, but isn't you know.
0: that incredible, though, Casey, how many shows there are out there. Right. And and I like to use the, sh- the, the I've used this term before to describe how I feel having all of these shows that I haven't watched yet. And that that's show overwhelmed. Right. Yes. Overwhelmed by so many shows that people say are good and then you start them and then you're like, I didn't really get it. And it's just interesting how everyone is different. Like I know right now you're 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 watching Grey's Anatomy, which I cannot believe is still on. But nonetheless, Uh, like you and I know everyone that loves it.
1: Yes. And just to put in perspective for some listeners out there, Grey's Anatomy premiered when I was in seventh grade. Um, and I still watch it to this day. Uh, and I, it's been on for 17 seasons. There was a, you know, maybe two or three seasons that I just missed and sort of caught back up, went through it. But yeah, I can attest to that show overwhelmed feeling. My sister is currently watching it for the first time ever. She has been ticking away at it. And every so often, I'm like, well, if you ever catch up, I'd love to talk about it. But I can totally attest to some that show overwhelmed feeling. I know I at times get frustrated, you know, I'll binge a show really fast on Netflix. And then it's like a year, a year and a half until it comes out again. And you're sitting there and you're like, what did I like about this? Or who's that? What happened? Like First world problems, let me tell you. Oh, absolutely. You know, like I was really, when it first came out, I was into that Sabrina show on Netflix. I yes. watched the first season with my friend. We watched it in like mm, 12 hours, 24 hours, basically half a day. And then I watched, I, I don't even know if I ever watched the second season because I just, I watched it so fast. I was like, I didn't, I don't know that I retained it.
0: Well, and as much as I like Netflix, right? I, I almost feel... Like, some of the magic is removed from Netflix with with this whole binge culture, because I do remember loving and anticipating weekly shows and and standing by them. And now it's like, you're right. It's like it's like blindly eating a bunch of snacks and not remembering what you ate afterwards because you just wanted to eat it so fast. And exactly. I don't know how I feel about it, because I do love when shows come out, I get to digest them all at once like Stranger Things and a -hmm. bunch of shows on there that I love. But at the same time, it's done in a weekend, and then you're like, now
1: what? Or, you know, there's nothing worse than when everyone's talking about a show and you missed it. Yes, exactly. You know, I doubt anybody six weeks after it came out was watching Tiger King, you know, because no one was talking about it anymore. So when people aren't talking about a show, I'm like, oh, well, I guess I'm just not going to get into this. Like, I know a couple of years ago, everyone was into Making a Murderer. I think I watched like oh one episode. Oh my God, I love that show. Yep. I'm not super into the crime genre. Don't, I don't know, true crime, that kind of stuff. I've never seen an episode of Law and Order, which I know for some people. Um, I'm sorry if you spit out your coffee or you can't believe that. I've just never seen one. I've never come across an episode. I just haven't sat down to watch it. That to me is a show where I would feel overwhelmed. I wouldn't even know where to start. Um, how to start. So I just
0: don't. I agree with you. So I don't know if this makes it weird, but I like real crime shows. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there's a whole, I like real, I like real murderers. Not those fake murderers. Yeah. I know you mean that's, you know, there's an element of, uh, it's almost like I just can't believe that that is a real person out there, but nonetheless, I, I, I do think that there's a lot of fun with that and let, let's bring it full circle, right? So we're talking about our favorite fictional families that I guess ideally we'd like to have spend Thanksgiving with, but of course we know there's a, a ton of dysfunctional TV families as well. But I, wa- I want to talk about Thanksgiving a little bit because we have folks who's, that's like one of their favorite holidays. And yes, it, is that true for you?
1: Uh, Nope. I interesting. not yeah, I know that, again, possible controversial opinion. I, like, don't really care for Thanksgiving. I don't really like turkey. I can make mashed potatoes whenever I want. I don't know. I just don't have a super, super love for, like, Thanksgiving Day. So it's not really a favorite uh, holiday for me. What I will say I do enjoy doing around the holiday times is putting up the Christmas tree.
0: Uh, okay. So wait, but wait, wait, wait. No, no, that's the... I, I, well, let's not skip over that. Are you the t- are you the person that's putting up their tree before Thanksgiving or after Thanksgiving? Um, as I look at it standing upright
1: right now, uh, oh, no. I may totally before Thanksgiving, because I don't think it's enough time. Thanksgiving is very late this year, and why do all that what work to have it are
0: talking about it's late this year?
1: It's like the last, first of all, it's, it's the last- It's always the last Thursday of yes, November. Yes, but sometimes it could be like the 22nd, and I believe this year it's like the 27th or the 28th.
0: Like Casey, it is this never- year. It is never the twenty second. That, that would mean that there's still another Thursday left. It's always between like the twenty oh. sixth and the like twenty. I don't think so. Yes. What about leap
1: year? No. No. There's no. Only, no. <laughs> I, I think <laughs> in a leap year that qualifies. I think. No, I'm not
0: sure, but it's okay. I'm going to look it up. Okay, you can look it up while I tell you how disgusting it is that I people put up their like. Okay, the week of Thanksgiving, I get it. But this year, I just feel like I'm seeing, it's like November 1st, and people just suddenly put their trees up, and I'm going, well, it's not even cold out. It's not even, uh, Thanksgiving isn't here. I mean, I don't understand why five, five weeks of a Christmas tree is not enough.
1: It's just not enough. I need the joy, Antonio. I need the joy of... The lights, the music, there's so many movies to watch. There's
0: okay, but so the, argument, the argument that you made about not liking turkey, fair, think turkey is overrated, and make, you being able to make mashed potatoes whenever you want, in theory, you could put up a Christmas tree whenever you want. That is very true.
1: I do just want all of our listeners to know, um, and the reason I know this is because my fiancé's sister is born on November 22nd. Her birthday has fallen on Thanksgiving in the past. um, I'm in a quarter to the old farmer's almanac. Um, (laughs) Thanksgiving has been held on the fourth Thursday, November, which means the actual date of the holiday shifts each year. The earliest date that Thanksgiving can occur is November 22nd, and the latest is November 28th. Drop I don't understand
0: how the,
1: I'm dropping the drumstick on you, man.
0: <laughs> All right. Fair enough. But whatever. Farmer's almanac, whatever the case may be, doesn't matter. But still, it's it's you know what also are weird gifts that people give that don't make sense to me? What? Are ornaments? Because I uh, yes. Wow. Yeah. Pointless, and really. This, and I and I say this as someone who has gifted you an ornament. Okay. Yes. I I I I get it. I believe that if you're going to gift someone an ornament, you should give that ornament to them when they put up their Christmas tree. Because if you give someone an ornament on Christmas Day, they can't enjoy it till the following year. What good is that? That's a stupid gift. Yeah. um, But I love um, ornaments. I just don't like them being gifted on
1: Christmas. That's, yeah, that's kind of like getting a bathing suit in December for your birthday.
0: Wow. You couldn't have described it better. Yeah.
1: Um, well, as someone with a December birthday, I will go on the record and say I know a lot about getting pointless gifts that you're like, mm, don't really need this right now. That's so true. And I, I gifted you an ornament, though, didn't I? You did. You did. And it's one of my favorite ornaments. I put it up every year. It is a photo of and I'll have to post it to my story, but it's a photo of Antonio uh, modeling uh, and trying to mimic a the panther was it a panther, a puma. Yeah, I, I'm going to go with the... Some school's mascot, yeah, Pittsburgh. It was great. Yeah. And it cracks me up every time I look at it. But, we but I give you that for your tree. birthday.
0: It was given to you for your birthday so you can put it up on your tree.
1: There you go. And that's so. why you and I will be good friends. Because you we understand the importance of good gift giving.
0: Yeah, I am um, I usually put up my tree after like the weekend of Thanksgiving. Because once it's over, I can kind of feel like we're in the holiday season. I, I do like Christmas. I, I don't mind Thanksgiving. I do think that there's the cold. For me, the tradition is like the football that's on TV. And I don't know about you, but we never made turkey. We made it once because as Italians, we thought we had to buy one and we stared at it. We didn't know what to do, <laughs> where to carve it from. So we we just never ate it, to be honest. We, we eat like we've eaten like lasagna or my wife will make like rice balls, like stuff that you, that typically are laborious. Mm-hmm. We make that on
1: Thanksgiving. Antonio, let me ask you, are you a re-gifter? Now, what do you mean by that? Like if you get a gift and you don't want it, will you give it away to somebody
0: else? I will rarely do that, to be honest. I don't know. I, I guess I may do that if it's like a really, a gift that I can probably do like a, a white elephant gift with okay but okay. i typically do not that's fair do you or i mean i um yes i am a re-gifter but
1: only in the the realm sort of a, of as you just mentioned which i think is the only sort of appropriate way to regift. um is in that like white elephant ask if you're going to a party which first of all you want to talk about frivolous culture like going out and just buying a gift to give to someone as a joke like why don't we just take that money and invest it in our i don't know our broken school systems or the stopping the prison pipeline story are
0: you you starting a petition to stop white elephant uh, gifts across the nation no i'm not going to be a grinch about it but i do think i
1: think sometimes it gets excessive like i want to say last year i may have been in like seven of them and so what i did was i sort of just like made a pact where i was like i'm gonna (laughs) buy like one thing
0: and just ride it out but dude that's that's hilarious if you're part of seven you essentially only baby need two gifts Because if most of the time, let's be honest, you don't get a good gift, except when you came to my house and you got dinosaur taco holders. Yes, yes. Which Um, comes in handy because you eat tacos like an animal. Yeah. So there was a period in
1: my life where I would, because tacos are very laborious to eat, right? You got to assemble them. They could fall over like you got to stuff them. And you inhale, if you're like me, you inhale them, you eat them within like three seconds. So then you got to go make another one. So rather than like walk and sit down at the table, or just do it at the table, I guess this was more of like a college grad school thing when I was living alone, I would say, I would do what I call kitchen sink taco, where you have everything like right next to the sink, assemble it right there. And I would just eat them standing up.
0: Well, first of all, it's not true that it was a, it's a grad school thing when you told me that you did this up until a few years ago. Also, you make it seem like a taco is is so difficult to put together. Like you just you put a plate under you, you animal. I no, I'm it, it's I understand that,
1: but it's then they like fall over. So if I just hold it in my hand the whole time, it's not gonna
0: tip over. The toppings aren't gonna spill out. So you know, well, I'm glad. Well, now you have the taco holders but we everyone needed to know what that taco story was because i i just think it's it's really shows who you are if folks don't know you that's who kitchen sink tacos (laughs) just i'm very passionate all right and i just want to eat them as fast as i can so yeah no but back to your gifts right with the white elephant essentially you just need a few gifts and you you swap them around so if you're part of seven you really only need one but yes But no, that's awesome. So for me, and Black Friday is a big thing for me too. So for Thanksgiving, I think that's part of it. It's like I can get my Christmas shopping done that weekend or spoil myself or whatever. And I have gone to the stores. This was before they were even open on Thanksgiving, just to like go and and see. Obviously, this year that is not happening. Also, online shopping. Yeah, I remember being in high school, like begging
1: my dad I wanted a new MacBook book and i remember like seeing best buy had this really 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 good deal i was like dad like i'm gonna eat dinner and then i'm gonna like get in line at best buy so i can get this laptop and i was like hold up Like goes online he's like is this the one you want i'm like yeah he's like give me the money i'm like okay and he just bought it for me so much easier online and i you know again that was like 2008 2009 so it wasn't like it is now where amazon can bring you toilet paper with one click but yeah, I don't understand sometimes why people like rush out and buy stuff. I'm not a fan of the the chaos. That doesn't mean I don't go people watch. I've done that in the past. Um, I've also used, I've used Black Friday as an excuse to run away from my own family. I am sad to admit, but there was like one or two years where I went to Old Navy on Thanksgiving day. yeah, um, Because I didn't want to be near my family. I wanted to comb through dollar pairs of socks. I love that that's the place that you you, you went to right away. Nothing wrong with it. I'm just yeah, it was open, and I was like, I just – I don't know. Like I said, I'm not a huge Thanksgiving person. Um, I used to like it more as a kid, but now as I'm a little bit older, I don't know. It's just – it's not my favorite.
0: No, I, I mean, I definitely hear you. I used to actually work at Best Buy in high school, and I worked – I was I was seasonal there, and I worked right before Thanksgiving. And let me tell you, dude, there were people – I think it was – I don't remember if it was the day before. – I'm pretty sure it was the day before Thanksgiving because at Thanksgiving, they would be closed That people – were literally camping outside the day before Thanksgiving yeah. in anticipation for Friday. Like, for what? I don't know. It was it was unbelievable. It's not like we have a TV shortage. You can't find one. No, I agree. Yeah, I don't – I mean, I guess it was back then, like, HDTVs were kind of new, and I guess you could get them cheaper enough, but at what cost? I mean, people got yeah. stomped out and, and – killed out well and
1: and the stores would have you know quantity of like maybe five like just not worth it was the hoopla so no that that that's funny do you have any favorite foods from thanksgiving um well i am a mashed potato you are like uh thank you you got to make a volcano out of your mashed potatoes so oh you like fill it up with gravy and then you just yeah it's a volcano so then it the gravy goes all over all your food. But I would say my favorite, favorite Thanksgiving dish would be mashed potatoes with gravy. How about for you, Antonio?
0: Well, like I said, I mean, if we're going traditional, I probably have to go like solid mashed potatoes. I, you know what I don't Which get? Which is an
1: oxymoron.
0: It, it is. But you know what I don't get for Thanksgiving? <laughs> um, I Cranberry sauce. I don't get it. I don't see where it fits. Why am I eating melted fruit yeah i I
1: think it's more of just a a color palette thing it's kind of a seasonal thing also i do think it's important that our listeners know out there that antonio doesn't really eat fruits or vegetables
0: no 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 that's not true i eat tons of fruits coming around to vegetables
1: okay well better late than never right i'm trying so uh
0: should we delve into our lists well yeah we i mean first of all this is the nature of our podcast Most of this, we did not have plans to talk about, but it's just the nature of us talking and here we are. And we really didn't get to talk about some of the dysfunctional TV families. And um, I'm just, I want to get into it because I'm actually, I'm curious to see what you'll think of mine. And I noticed that as I go through, some of them are debatably dysfunctional. Which is okay.
1: You know, I think it's totally okay. I would be surprised if family like I don't know, Roseanne or Shameless was at the top of your list. So I think some dysfunctions okay. I mean, it makes sense, right? We wouldn't really ever watch a show where there wasn't dysfunction or drama um, because then there'd be no reason to watch that show.
0: No, I agree. There were some that I mean I'll talk about throughout that I'm just like I really wanted to put it on here, but I I didn't really have a good reason for it. So that's all right. But- But all right, let's get right into it. Do you, I I want you to start this time. Sure. So,
1: you know, delving into our top five fictional families we've always wanted to be a part of. Uh, Antonio, I don't think you've ever watched a show. I've begged you to watch it. Uh, And my number five would be the Mars family from Veronica Mars. Oh,
0: Oh, I was going to say this list is going to be hilarious because I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of shows that I haven't been a part, that I haven't watched But tell me, tell me about Veronica Mars.
1: Yes. So Veronica Mars, they live in Neptune, California and her, so it stars Kristen Bell. It's a phenomenal show. Watch it on Hulu. Tweet me, text me, whatever. I would talk about the show forever. I feel bad that I ever missed the prime of this show. But Veronica Mars, essentially just in terms of the family, right? It was just her. She was a high schooler and her dad, um, who was like the, he works as a private eye and he this man loves his daughter more than anything humanly possible like the things he does um if anyone's ever watched the show every season finale it was like veronica's probably gonna die or something bad was gonna happen to her and like this man would come rescue her or vice versa like she kristen bell was kind of smarmy smart quirky and it was definitely a dangerous family to be a part of. Like, I don't know that I would have had a regular, normal life. I mean, the mother abandoned them at one point. That was the whole plot line. But they're just so supportive of each other. And I mean, Keith Mars goes above and beyond to save his daughter. Um, at one point, he like pulls her out of a, a burning refrigerator kind of crate thing. Jesus. It's not really... Yeah, burning yeah, yeah. refrigerator,
0: that, that's an oxymoron.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not spoiling too much. And I think as I go through this list, I'll try not to you know, give too many spoilers, but just the way that they love and support each other is a family that I would love to be a part of.
0: Well, and you mentioned it's on Hulu. And I think that's part of the reason I haven't watched it because I don't have access to that. I have access to it. I just don't have it. So, but that actually sounds really fascinating. And, and I think the part that resonates with me is you saying how much the father loves Veronica Mars. And I think uh, there's no better reason to be part of a family than that. All right, Antonio, what's your number five? So my my number five is definitely a dangerous family, but I also really appreciate their resilience. And that is the Stark family from Game of Thrones. Wow. I know, right?
1: I didn't even think of that. Wow. Okay. So I'm...
0: Yeah, no, no, let me definitely. I mean, first of all, the Stark family in my opinion is the strongest family, the most loyal family, and they love each other. And even there's a character in there that was at first known to not be related fully to the family, and they still embrace them with uh, everything. Turns out, you know, he was he's one of the main protagonists of the show and goes on to be brilliant but i mean the women the men are also powerful and, and wow. loyal and i just love the way they fight against evil
1: yes wow i kudos to you i didn't even think of that probably though i would not want to live in that time period so definitely
0: wouldn't be on my list but they're good family well that's that's true i mean i i, I don't know that i thought of being raised in that time but i mean even if i did i know that i would be trained well to fight right because they they trained really well and people would have my back i don't know i just i think that's a big big part of it yes and uh, they divided and conquered they really did wow
1: kudos to you that was a good so one that,
0: that's my number five obviously uh i'm, I'm curious to, to to hear your thoughts and the rest of mine but love Swear. game of thrones Also, fun fact about Game of Thrones and my relationship to it, when I started my freshman year in college, I was still friends with a lot of my high school teachers because I did video production with them and we had a really great relationship. And I remember I was still toying about the idea of going into TV and and movie producing and all of that. And I remember going back to my teacher and he was like, hey, what what are you doing this summer? Now, mind you, I was like 18 years old. And I was like, uh, I don't know. He was like, do you want to go to Ireland? And I'm like, for, for what?" He's like, well, my brother-in-law's like books just got picked up for an HBO show. I'm like, oh, what, what's the Which, show about? How you
1: ever pass this up because HBO uh, only makes quality content. They don't ever release
0: anything bad. Keep in mind, though. Keep in mind, right? This is 2008. So TV is not, I mean, I don't even think Netflix was out like that. It was like, I didn't really watch HBO. I couldn't afford HBO. It, like, I didn't really understand what it meant. But, mm-hmm. but, he, but I asked him, I was like, you know, what, what's the show about? I was like, well, it's kind of like a medieval show. There's knights and fighters and I was Like, that sounds dumb. That's <laughs> not going to go anywhere. Oh. And, <laughs> and, and, and to be fair to me, he told me that, like, I wouldn't be paid. I would just have to make my way over there on my own. And turns out that show, his brother-in-law is George R.R. R. Martin, and the show is Game of Thrones. So that's how I wow. worked <laughs> on the set of Game of Thrones. Wow!
1: You would have definitely taken that Starbucks cup out of the out of the shot.
0: Yeah, Unbe- yeah, I definitely, yeah, the the Starbucks coffee cup. Yep. Wow. Or I might Good have
1: one. put it there. Who knows? Well, Antonio, my number four uh, would be the Rose family from. A very popular show right now, known as Schitt's Creek.
0: Oh yes, that's right so, on my list. I, I actually watched a few episodes, and I love. I can just tell you now, I love that family. Oh, they're so
1: funny. I just love. You know this about me, but I always love shows with heart and character, and you mm-hmm. know, to me, the Rose family just—I mean, the growth they have over their seasons there is phenomenal it's a great binge show it's funny it's one of those shows where i laugh out loud watching and we have to go back and replay it because we couldn't hear what they were saying but i just love eugene levy plays a dad that just really really cares about his kids kind of you know they got they're in a raw deal there's a super rich family that has to move to a very uh, poor and rural area and they just they make the most of it and i mean katherine o'hara as moira just just kooky and fun and i even think as In terms of the siblings, looking at Alexis and David, like I just think I would fit in well. I think I would get along with them. 100%. And, and, you know, like I said, they they love each other. And at the end of the day, that's all that really matters, right?
0: No, that's true. Uh, And that show just, also, I mean, I watched the first few episodes, and I'm sure that the the characters kind of mature in different ways, but the parents are, like, clueless in a way because, uh, you know, obviously they came for money, and now they're, they don't have any, and they're just trying to, like, live this luxurious life but can't. And just watching them navigate situations is just so... Yes, terrifying. and they
1: make, you know, over the, the course of the show, they really make the most of it, and they just, they, they turn it around and just... I feel like almost like the Grinch, right? Like their hearts all grow and they're just these wonderful, wonderful people that I would love nothing more. Again, a little bit dysfunctional, but I'd love nothing more than to be a part of them.
0: Oh yeah. And I I can definitely see you. That's a good one. And I'm I'm not surprised that that's on there. Not surprised. All right. Number four. Number four. And I'm curious to know if you have this family on yours, but I always wanted to be now. I didn't pick one specific family, although I may want to talk this out with you, but that is, that's the families from Modern Family.
1: <gasps> Antonio, that's my number three.
0: Oh my God. Okay, so we're not too far off then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So tell Although me about I, it. So did you pick a family? I did. Okay. So I wanted to be a Dunphy. Uh, okay, so that's who I'm most, I think that's who I would go with. But I, I, I want to know why you think that. I, I mean, Phil Dunphy is
1: probably one of the best TV dads of our time. I agree. He's just so caring and so compassionate. He's a little bit of a goofball and an idiot, but who doesn't love that? Um, One of my favorite, favorite, favorite episodes of Modern Family, and I crack up even just thinking about it, is it's Leap Day and Phil, the whole family, um, you know, him, Claire, the daughters, and uh, they're all supposed to go to the trampoline park. And it's Leap Day and all of the daughters and Claire have their period (laughs) and Phil just want like so Phil um, and Luke are trying to find a way to like sneak out of the house and go and it's just oh my god like I crack up thinking about what happened what transpires in that episode and so for me I mean yeah part of the reason they're you know they were number three on my list is how fun would the holidays be? Like that whole family, their whole cast of characters, all of them really, Cam, Mitch, just everybody, Jay, Gloria, just a good, good group of people. But I particularly would want to be a Dunphy.
0: Well, and I think I love the Pritchett's too, but I do think if I had to choose it, the Dunphy's to me are the most hysterical. And I see myself as Phil Dunphy a little bit. And I'm, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a dad. In a few months, which is crazy. Actually, a few weeks. I don't even want to say a few months. And, you know, I start to think, like, who am I going to be like a dad? And I just think of Phil Dunphy because he's silly. He tries hard. He wants to have fun. So I do see, like, parts of me kind of being that. And then I agree. I, I mean, I think the holidays would be, like, I wish I could hang out with Gloria and just hear her and Jay bantering. Yes. Thanksgiving.
1: And uh, I'm not surprised that it was on your list. I think it's probably one of the best comedies of, you know, a recent age and probably in the last 20 years for sure. You know, won a ton of awards in the beginning and just what a great, great, great show, great family, great values. And just, you know, who wouldn't want to be a part
0: of them. And very diverse. Yes. We love that. All right. So I know now I I took your number three, uh, but now I want to know what your number 4. Is. Uh, no, wait, that was your number 3, right? That was my number 3. You just okay. tell us what your number 3 was. That's right. Okay, so we're moving along quickly. Now, <laughs> I I want to preface this with saying that I the reason I chose this one was because growing up it showed me what functional looked like. Okay. Although today it might be a little bit controversial. Oh,
1: okay. I have I think I know, but tell tell us
0: yeah i would have loved that my number three is being part of the huxtables family which is part of the cosby show and say what you want obviously he is a horrible man but that family was just something i always sought to be we have two parents who are extremely successful uh bill obviously was sarcastic And was there to teach lessons and the wife was always supportive but also challenged the norms yes and and honestly for me as a kid it was a comforting show the conversations that happened and i wish that i didn't have to feel bad about my number three but that's and that's tough i have to separate the family from from the characters i
1: guess well and and i mean if you think about it in in the time that it was on you know that a lot of the problems with Bill Cosby weren't obviously known about, and so I can understand that. Definitely a good family in the sense of at least what the show was about. You know, there's a couple siblings, so you would never feel alone. Definitely feel loved and supported, and you know that's that's important in a family, right? You want to feel like
0: you're not alone. Yeah, I mean, and the show was hysterical too. I mean, I. Not that I would watch it today because it would be very uncomfortable for me. But, like, it, it was hysterical. The way that they approached the situations I always thought was, was great. And, again, an overall successful American family. And I guess I so desperately wanted to feel that, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. you know, I think is a cornerstone of a lot of these shows is that, you know, you just you want to feel like you're a part of them. Which kind of leads me into my number two, uh, if I can. Yeah. My number two family that I would love to be a part of, Antonio, would be the Wild Thornberrys. Wow. Would be what a, a throwback.
0: Thornberry. Wait a minute. Yes. Hold up. Hold up. All right. So in a previous episode, you can check it out. It's the top five Nickelodeon shows. You mentioned the Wild Thornberrys. But yes. you, you didn't have it in your top five, though. I but didn't. But when I read that show. Yes. When I really, really sat down
1: and thought about like families that I would want to be a part of, the Wild Thornberries, the Thornberries, right? That's the name of the family, you know, Eliza Thornberry and all of them. I just, to me, they, first of all, the mom and dad defied gender roles. Like the dad was kind of Definitely a little bit more feminine. The mom was a little bit more masculine, which I think it's important for shows to break tropes like that. Society tells us we need to be. Yeah, Um, They got to travel a ton. Who would not want that?
0: That's a good point, though. The travel piece is awesome. Oh, my God. To see the world like
1: that, I would love nothing more. It was also very clear to me in that show, and this is why they are so high for me, is that they had such an open heart, right? Because you think about the show... just was a family that traveled they adopted a boy they found in the wild they also like basically adopted a monkey that they also found in the wild like (laughs) so to me it's like they just i know that they would have loved me and accepted me for who i was and that's why i have the thornberry family uh at number two
0: that's actually hysterical and i don't know what they do though like what what
1: do the parents do so they were traveling because they filmed their own um, like nature documentary. So the dad would host it, and the mom would film it.
0: Okay, that's interesting. I'm reading here that apparently the mom mentions that she attended the University of California, Berkeley. There you go. So that's, I would that's fascinating.
1: A well, a well intelligent family. that got to travel, and yeah, I'm sure it would get annoying to be on the road like that and live in a box on wheels that was survived a flood and fires and all these other things but at the end of the day they always made it out okay and i just think to see the world like that who wouldn't want that
0: that's fair i still t- you know as i mentioned in podcasts i still think that the little boy creeps me out i, I know i know he got saved by raised by monkeys or whatever but it's just <laughs> it's just strange um
1: i also do want to throw it out there that a part of the reason why i also had them on my list like this is because again. A mom and a dad, not a common thing in, in television shows. Sometimes it's, you know, sometimes there's no mom, there's no dad, somebody dies, like very traumatic, but there you go. A mom and a dad who wouldn't want that. That's fair. And I to feel loved and supported like that.
0: Love it. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Here goes my number two. I don't know if you're going to have them on your, as your number one. So I hope I'm not doing too much.
1: I am confident that my number one is not is not on your list.
0: Okay, and I wanna take a stab at your number one after my second, my number two. Go for it. Okay, so my number two, and it's probably no surprise to a lot of people, but I really wanted to be a part of the Tanners from Full House. (gasps) Wow. And that's not your number one, obviously, but I, I don't see how it's not on your list because they were such an awesome family. They were so supportive. First of all, Bob Saget played that role so well because that is not what he's like in real life you have the cool i mean you have like such a cool uncle they're on tv they work with tv and you got the cutest little twins well the not twins (laughs) but there's one of them that that's played by twins mary kate and ashley got their start there and i just it was mary kate and ashley olsen just so we're clear what did i say you said mary and kate mary and kate yeah mary -Kate, kate yeah yeah. You know, it's Mary-Kate yeah, 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 Mary-Kate and Ashley. Yeah, Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen. I get it. Yeah, I, I just combine words. Folks, I, I'm not good with names. I'm going to be honest with you. I can remember a lot of yeah. things. Names, not one of them. That is Which true. doesn't really work well for this specific podcast because I need to know names. But I don't know. I, I What what are your thoughts on them? Oh,
1: I they are totally, they were in my honorable mention. And I think there were a couple of factors, right? If I went just based on pure childhood nostalgia, yeah, Full House would be a no-brainer. Um, but as a little bit older, really kind of trying to think about, you know, families and representation. I don't know. For me, it's just a very crowded house. Like, and what I loved about the show was that there was always room for people in the house. But, like, I don't know. I just, I, I would want more than just uh, to sleep under
0: the, the stairs or to sleep in the basement. Well, is it weird that I kind of like, um, I kind of like that. I kind of like the idea that in a slightly overcrowded, make the best of the situation kind of idea, like everyone has their area of the house. It comes together. it's,
1: It's beautiful. Don't get me wrong. I just, I don't know. I Possible controversial opinion. I just always felt like Joey was a little weird to me like it was just like a family friends like (laughs) and if you without without context right if i told you oh my my friend is living on my couch and he's gonna be a comedian
0: and we call him uncle
1: yeah like uh, you just it wouldn't it wouldn't really sit well you'd be like oh like that's that's not gonna go well um not to taint
0: the show but no, you're right. No, you're right. It, it's definitely awkward. And now I feel I feel uh, like I need to shower <laughs> it's okay. after that. It's okay. But I don't know. Good fam. Like, I just remember well, as a kid watching it, and it, it, you know, made me feel good.
1: Yes. And you know what I will say, Antonio, to have them up that high on your list? It makes sense. They were definitely family, full of love. There was always room for people. And ultimately, what's not to appreciate there? And, right, I don't know if you've ever watched the reboot. I did. Um, yeah. But- there, to, to also know that that family sort of extended on, I think almost gives it more reason for it to be that high up. So I can, I can understand why.
0: Yeah. And I mean, some of the characters I think translated off the screen, for example, Lori Laughlin loves her kids so much that uh, she yeah. paid a university to get them there. I mean, if that's not, and went to jail. Like, so to me, if it's yes. not love, I don't know what love is. True. That is very true. Wow. All right, Antonio. All right, this is your number one, right? Yes. Okay. I do think. Would you take a guess. I, okay, I want to. I, I know you, and I'm trying to figure out why you wouldn't have the ones that I have. So, first of all, I I'm going to imagine that it's, and I think this is just because we had some conversations earlier. This is is not a TV show uh, family, right? Correct. Okay, so I'm just using it from, from that aspect. Yeah, so it is, it is from a movie. Okay. And if I know you, and I know you, this is very holiday related, isn't it?
1: Oh, just- so I know what family you're going to say. And I will say, I did think about them. They did not make my list.
0: Wait, okay, so I'm talking about Home Alone. Yes, so... Is, is that not on your number one?
1: It's not my number one, because they left their kid home alone they left (laughs) they left him behind they're absolutely (laughs) not my number one
0: listen some people fantasize about being left by their families that is very true um and that's (laughs)
1: definitely crossed my mind at times it's funny you say that i definitely considered that but i said i couldn't justify i couldn't justify it enough but when i tell you my number one i think it'll make sense to you so while the Macal- I did think about the McAllister family from Home Alone. Not in my, they're not in my top five. Antonio, my number one fictional family that I always wanted to be a part of is the Hillard family from the movie Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> now hear me out.
0: Phenomenal. And obviously we have fantastic Mrs. Doubtfire story from when we went to a conference. First of all, oh my God, I'm I'm speechless. I'm speechless. <laughs> First of all, I will say Mrs. Doubtfire is one
1: of my favorite movies of all time. Um, I've seen it probably a gazillion times. We used to have the VHS. I'd play it over and over and over and over and over again. I can probably quote the entire movie um, from start to finish without even having movie on. So if anyone ever wants a staged reading of it, I can do it. But Mrs. Doubtfire, what a clap! First of all, Robin Williams, what a great dad. He forever rest in peace. I will never be over his death. Mental health matters. But that man in that movie loved his family so much. He was willing to not only like put on a whole persona. He was getting dressed every day, putting makeup on, heels, pantyhose. He was invested. He was so invested in his family, all because he he wanted to spend time with them. And to me, what? How, how do you top that? Right? Like he, oh, just a phenomenal performance, deserving of all the praise. It's a go rewatch it. You'll love it again and again and again. But he just he he loved his family. He was there for his family, and you know, obviously there was some tension in the marriage. They. Possibly going to get divorced. But what I like about the movie Antonio, and this is why again I have them in my number one spot, is because it sort of ends on an optimistic note. They they don't necessarily get back together, um, but you know that they've had some positive conversations. Sally Fields, who plays Miranda, the mom. She kind of starts to come along. Robin, Mrs. Doubtfire gets her own television show. Like, I mean, Robin Williams literally took on like multiple jobs in order to be able to pull this off. And for me, that is why I would absolutely choose to be in that family because that man loved his kids more than anybody
0: else on planet Earth. Casey, this might be your best number one out of all the podcasts that we have done. This that is. So well done. Thank you. Because you're right. The commitment that you see, and obviously, you know, Robin Williams was, that movie cannot be possible without Robin Williams. I mean, that man, it, it was so talented. And, you know, you mentioned health, mental health matters. I mean, that's, he's a perfect example of that. But what a phenomenal movie, great family. And I could see that for you. I could see why you'd want him to to be your dad and and yeah part of that family. and i mean you know for our
1: listeners out there think about it right like just what a profound act of love and i know there's definitely some people out there shaking their head like yep that's a good one so while it wasn't we kept it a generic list of you know fictional families i know most we always think of tv but when i really sat down and thought about it i was like i definitely would want to be a
0: hillard i love that now, do you want to try to guess my number one? Um, I don't know if you'll get it, but. i The only thing I can think of would be,
1: was this something you watched in quarantine? No. <gasps>
0: wow. Okay. Well,
1: I thought it would be The Sopranos, but it's clear that it's not. We're going
0: to talk about The Sopranos, but it's not my number one. I don't know what your number one is. Okay, I think this this show particularly plays a special place in my heart because I used to watch it in Italy. It was dubbed. That's how great the show was. It was a TV show that was also dubbed in Italian, and so I was able to watch the show as a kid in Italy, in in a completely different language. Which watching it back now is hysterical. I mean, the references are just stupid. But and that is the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. <sighs> wow. And, banks is a family that i will forever want to be a part of first of all i i'd want will smith to be my older brother right like just the coolest coolest but his story is great right he comes from you know a dangerous according to the show like the dangerous part of philly and moves in with a family that is almost completely opposite of what he's used to and, and a very wealthy place and he's just adapting and mm-hmm. i think i related to his character because of, of how i grew up in north jersey in a very urban relatively poor neighborhood and i can't imagine like i was so jealous of the house it's like i just wanted to be there and obviously his father um phil banks just being an absolute father i think to a lot of people out there who maybe didn't have a father or couldn't or didn't have a father that particularly spoke to someone like that. So my yes. number one is Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. The that Banks totally
1: King. makes sense. Wow. Good choice. I'm curious. What, how do you say the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air in Italian? I don't remember.
0: I'm, I'm going to look it up as, as you do that. Uh, but if you look it up, if you go to Google or YouTube, I should say, it was like, you can listen to the theme song in Italian. Oh, wow. And I actually think it's called the Fresh Prince of Bel Air in Italy, just because like, okay. like, I wasn't I think, sure if it was like La Fresca. No, no, no. I think they do a good job because that wouldn't try, like, fresh, if you think about it, is is a word that, like, wouldn't translate to sl- its slang. So it, it wouldn't, but it's hysterical. If you listen to the Fresh Prince of Bel Air Italian version, it's it's phenomenal. Wow. But yeah, so I grew up with that. I thought he was hysterical. I loved Carl and the entire family. So I that show is on my Mount Rushmore of shows. Wow. Good choice. So let me ask you, what were some of your honorable mention that didn't make the cut? All right. So I was almost going to put the Sopranos. So surprisingly enough, or maybe not, I for the first time watched the Sopranos over quarantine, and it was truly one of the greatest shows I've ever seen. And I think part of my pushback as a kid was i didn't want to be associated with that type of italian right this mafia american italian kind of stereotype Mm -hmm. so i don't know what family i'd want to be a part of because i'm gonna be honest with you like tony soprano's family the soprano family itself like they are another level of dysfunction yes that i don't think i want to be a part of yes and that's yeah that makes sense you know and
1: danger don't know if you necessarily want that in a family so i can totally understand that
0: he wasn't very supportive he was abusive so i mean in retrospect like it just it just doesn't make sense yes any others in your honorable
1: mention you yeah, want to share and
0: this i'm going to tell you this right now this one here might have cracked my top five if i just put a little bit more thought into it and that is uh the pearsons from this is us but specifically randall uh. pearson's family yes i oh, wow i didn't you didn't think of that huh no yeah
1: i i love that show and then i stopped because it just got to be a little bit too much It but did. Yeah, yeah. good i mean i mean yeah that's another good family i'd almost put up there with sort of the dunphy pritchett clan of people that just
0: god you know, randall big, big, and his wife they love
1: so hard oh i know and i love his goals. passion what did you have? Um, so in my honorable mention, I had the Matthews family from Boy Meets World. Oh, whoa. You know, totally forgot which about just, them. just, what a wholesome family, right? Like mom, dad, they were kind of always there for support, let Corey kind of find his way. Um, but I just loved, again, sort of a nuclear family, right? Where it's just the kids, the parents, I don't know, just pure, really pure intentions there for me. I can see that. Um, another one that possibly controversial but one that did cross my mind was uh dexter morgan from the show dexter which if you're not
0: familiar okay you're gonna need to i've watched dexter again one of my favorite shows but explain to me why that family so well in terms
1: of caring for one another i think ultimately dexter and his sister more so like the siblings they care about each other they were trying to protect each other sometimes too far i was going to say i'm uncomfortable with this one well and that's why like i said this is just one that sort of crossed my mind but i, I think in terms of siblingship if you will they had they had each other's back to the point where you know i don't want to spoil anything but i'll just say the show is about dexter dexter morgan is a serial killer that kills bad people and he just yeah and something transpires and I don't know. I think as siblings—they kind of—they support each other. So they were on my list, and then you know I had Full House on there, the Tanner family because okay, the nostalgia element uh, for sure, warm family, supportive. I think they didn't make my list because it was a little bit sad, but like you know the mom died and yep, that's true. That's that's heavy um, for a kid to have to deal with, but I mean a, a loving family nonetheless. And then you know like I said before, the McAllister family did cross my mind, but. They left their kid home alone. Yes,
0: yeah. I mean that's similar to the Sopranos, though, right? Like this idea that like you like the show, you like the movie, but it they not per- a good example yeah, yeah, of a yeah, healthy yeah. family. They're not necessarily people I want to rub elbows with at Thanksgiving. Although they
1: were very rich, that, that house. Well, that's true. That house was both of both yeah. of them actually. Yeah, I mean, you think about that house from Full House. That house would have to be over a million dollars now.
0: Yeah. Also, why do people rub elbows? That's a weird thing to say. It is. It is, and it's. I've never rubbed the I don't. I mean, nowadays, I guess you kind of have to because of Corona. So I guess it's full circle. But so just a weird thing to say, Antonio. Um, can we still be friends? Well, yes. I, I, think, <laughs> I think. I think. I think your number one is the strongest. Your argument for Dexter, I'm sorry, was just. It made me really cringe. But then again, I had Bill Cosby on my list, so I guess it's even go. now. Yeah, one cringe for cringe. There it is, and I hope. That you enjoy your Christmas tree on Thanksgiving, even though it's not your favorite holiday. I still hope that you have a fantastic one and eat a mashed potato volcano. I definitely will. And you know, to everyone out there listening,
1: we hope you stay safe, take care, and uh tune in next time to see what lists
0: we delve into. Absolutely. And we are going to have a good one. So, folks, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Enlisted Podcast. My name is Antonio Thomas. So my name is Casey Coleman. Peace. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Enlisted Podcast. Want more of these podcasts? Be sure to click the subscribe button and leave us a review with a suggestion of what you'd like for us to debate next. Until next time.